Welcome to the Breaking Health Podcast, a series of discussions with the most disruptive CEOs and leaders in digital health. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back. This is the Breaking Health Podcast. It's definitely one of those good news, bad news, great news kind of days. Uh, first, we'll get into the bad news. Steve Krupp is not joining me on the intro, but he is back in the interviewing chair. He had a very interesting conversation with Stephanie Tillinius of Vita. Vita is providing coaching for folks who are trying to manage their chronic diseases. They're working with individuals, working with payers. And she has a very interesting pedigree. She was formerly the Vice President of Commerce and Payments at Google. She was a Senior Vice President at eBay and PayPal. She uh, founded Planet Rx, one of the online pharmacies and disease disease management companies. So she knows healthcare, she knows uh, online commerce, and she brings both to bear in this interview today. So the bad news is that Steve isn't on the intro. The good news is that we have a great guest. The great news for you, our Breaking Health podcast listeners, is uh, going forward, you can use our Be Health code when you register for the Digital Healthcare Innovation Summit, which is happening on October 11th in Boston. If you haven't registered yet, please do. And when you do, type in the words Be Health and you will save yourself a great deal of money. It's, uh, it's our thank you to you for being part of the Breaking Health community. We really hope that uh, we'll see you there on October 11th in Boston. And please, 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 when you register, use the Be Health code. We would uh, love to see you all there and to be part of that great, great day. So now let's get into this conversation with Stephanie Tillinius of Vita. Welcome to the Breaking Health Podcast. I'm here with Stephanie Tillinius, the CEO of Vita Healthcare. How are you, Stephanie? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, welcome welcome to the podcast. You told me before we got started that you're a listener. I Thank you very much. We've been doing this for a while. I am a yeah. listener. Yeah. And, you know, I love your guests. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. And, you know, we try to cover uh, as much as we can across uh, the digital health. I, I told Tom Salemi, the guy that we do this with, that uh, eventually we got to go back and do a retrospective and see where, where all the companies are at today. And we'll probably get to that pretty soon. Um, but welcome. It's always good to talk to entrepreneurs and investors. Um, two of my favorite kinds of people. Tell me a little bit, you know, we're going to talk about your healthcare company, uh, Vita, but it's, it's, it's always interesting to me uh, to hear the background of entrepreneurs that choose to come over into the health space. I know you st- started out there uh, on the pharmacy side, but, um, and, and it sort, sort of came back to it after working um, in, in, frankly, some larger companies, uh, certainly innovative companies, so tell me how your background brought you to where you were today, and was there a personal story that led to this, or was this a business opportunity that somebody brought to you? Um, how did you end up here? Well, thanks for thanks for having me. Thanks for asking. Uh, I I started Vita because I simply couldn't sit around any longer and watch chronic disease take over the country and our healthcare system, and frankly, my own family. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so my father had four chronic conditions, uh, obesity, diabetes, heart disease, and COPD. Mm-hmm. And my brother and I really struggled to care for him. Uh, and what he really needed was not seven different doctors, but continuous day-to-day care uh, that was 
targeted at behavior change and medication management and uh, managing his condition so he could live a better life. And it really continued to uh, be elusive. And so I, um, I've spent my career, you know, working in large uh, consumer facing platform companies like eBay and PayPal and Google. And I was just looking at the healthcare system and I, I said, this is a really big problem that needs a scalable platform. Uh, when you look at the numbers, we spend, you know, 3.4 trillion uh, on healthcare. And I mean, it's really the size of GDP. It's quite the GDP of Germany. It's just, it's just insane. And uh, from a professional standpoint, I, I stepped back and said, you know, I've built all these uh, consumer-facing and enterprise products from the ground up for eBay, Google, PayPal, and scaled them to millions. And why don't we have a solution like this in healthcare? Why isn't healthcare as easy as shopping on Amazon? Why don't we have a continuous, predictive, proactive care model uh, and to combat chronic disease? And so that that's really how I came at at starting Vita. And in you know during the process, when you asked yourself the questions as to why you don't have those things, did did you think it it was because people weren't trying, or did you think that they weren't doing it the right way or that maybe it was a, a challenge that we haven't sort of figured out how to address? What, all what of the you, above. Yeah. I think it's, it's really all of the above. I think there has been some efforts, no doubt. There's disease management uh, companies. There's efforts by the insurance companies. Um, but I think we're at a unique time in history where there's a confluence of events that's bringing things together that really justify, you know, really doubling down on this. And and first of all, it's just the fact that um, 40% of U.S. adults have a, a chronic condition and one in four have a mental health condition. And no one no one had really combined those two and, and meet people where they're at and tackle tackle the the, the comorbidities. So if you look at someone who has diabetes and mental health, they cost four times more in the system. So I think, you know, while there have been efforts against this, no one's really, really taken mobile and cloud and, uh, and social and like, and, and really looked at the current solutions out there and uh, that are available for consumer facing technology products and in shopping and all the other categories that we take for granted and applied them to healthcare in a way that is scalable, that's really solving the problem. And if you just look at our system today, we really need a solution where doctors can practice at the top of the the top 1% of their license and then nurses and coaches can handle and therapists can handle consumers and drive behavior change. And then we, we need AI and bots also to do all the automation. And we really need that architecture to lower the, the overall cost of the system uh, and to manage uh, these kinds of conditions in a much more preventative and predictive way. So, um, can I just take a step back to your your, your background at, at eBay and Google um, and PayPal, which are largely consumer-oriented companies and who I think without a question, like I don't know if anybody knew they wanted eBay back, way back when uh, or PayPal for that matter, but like when you laid the case out for them, you, you could see a total consumer appeal assuming you could overcome you know, some of the, some of the key um, challenges that you might have. So well, for actually, example, I mean, yeah, you, sure. you, 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 you say, you say that, but when we first started with payments on the, on the web, I mean, people were scared to use their credit, yeah, credit exactly. card on the web. Exactly. So yeah, if you, <laughs> that would be the key challenge, barriers. right? <laughs> Prove to me that I'm not going to get robbed by doing this. Right. And, and, exactly. So there were, there were definitely question marks. 
when and, and I don't really know, you know I know some of Musk's history and the history of the business and so forth and the, you know a lot of young uh, young people in uh, Silicon Valley just saying I'm going to I'm going to drive this home because it's a great idea as part of doing the startup. But I would imagine inside of Google and inside of eBay when they started to mature, there was a lot of consumer research that went on. And I've always been curious as to whether or not there's valid consumer research around chronic. Uh, care services that similar to what you're providing was there a way to identify whether people wanted this and, and and if they did how they wanted to get the services delivered oh well you know i think there's a bit of a fallacy in the healthcare system that uh people don't want this or they don't want to be they don't want to manage their condition or the other one that's often talked about is medicare patients don't or medicaid patients don't have access to mobile devices but you you see that Deloitte just came out with a study this week where no, they actually do. And, and, and actually, you know, there's a lot of conversation that people don't want to share their healthcare data and they're conservative about, uh, they're worried about HIPAA or they're worried about privacy violations. But at the end of the day, actually consumers really want to live better. They want to feel better and they are less concerned about their data as long as they get the relief that they need, the instant relief and the, the connection to a person that's going to help them. Mm -hmm. So when you, um, well, first of all, so so how did you get started? What was the first first line of code, if you will? What so we was the just, first product that you decided So we to just we, we we literally just built a product and launched it on the App Store in many ways to do the research and the tests that you're suggesting. So uh, we can, we created a network of coaches and we uh, we targeted uh, backgrounds that were focused on prediabetes, diabetes, cardiac risk, and um, we launched to consumers and we tested the product and we learned and quickly iterated on the product. And then we, uh, then we launched with United Healthcare and, and uh, FICO, eBay, and other commercial customers uh, once we knew we had something that worked and that we could get outcomes. And so when you, when you launched and you started to have people who used the site, were, how, did, how did your instincts about the product match what you, the feedback you were getting? People loved connecting with other human beings and feeling supported <laughs> and knowing that somebody was on their side to help them. Uh, and also, uh, everyone loves connected devices. You know, even even Medicaid, Medicare patients have Fitbits and other solutions and they want, you know, the, the devices only last for a certain period of time and then the information they're getting from them becomes fairly rote. And so the coaches, uh, if you put them into a digital therapeutic program and you combine the devices with the actual human coaching and you're really connecting the whole system for them and providing valuable insights and, and helping them on their journey that they're, and they're able to achieve outcomes, it really works. So we're, we're able to, uh, reverse prediabetes, diabetes, um, you know, cardiac risk, lower lower uh, blood pressure, uh, cholesterol levels. We've we've even seen people go off their CPAP machine, stop smoking. Uh, we're working. We have a behavioral health solution where we lower PHQ scores, which is the score for depression, by about sixty four percent. So we're seeing real outcomes, and uh, the product is is driving behavioral change and outcomes in in all sorts of populations. It's not just you know. Uh, so, you, I mean, it's working in Medicare, it's working in commercial populations. Hey, everyone, we're going to take a quick break from this conversation to remind you once again that the Digital Health Innovation Summit is coming up. We've got a great agenda 
if you haven't heard this week, as, as I'm just recording this, uh, this message, uh, Town, Hall's, Town Hall Ventures has announced the closing of its fund. So we are going to have Andy Slavitt there giving a keynote presentation. We're going to have digital health covered, digital women's health covered. We're going to have t- talk about alternative models and great, great interviews with folks like Burton Zimmerly of Intermountain Care. And of course, TJ Parker of PillPack will be interviewed by Chrissy Farr of CNBC. So Chrissy actually will be handling a couple interviews that day. So it should be a very, very fascinating day for anyone in the digital health space. Please go to dhis.net. And remember, for Breaking Health podcast listeners, when you register, type in the words "Be Health" for Breaking Health, Be Health, and you will save $400 off the registration fee. Now let's get back into this conversation. I, when I when before I got on the you know to, got to speak with you, I went on your website obviously, and I and I looked at uh, at the videos and and uh, and a couple of the couple of the informational sections about what you're doing. But can you give us two things? One, sort of just a broad summary of of the services that you provide, and then and then maybe we can go through a use case of what it might be like. Let's say if I was uh, a uh, I don't know, a high cholesterol patient, how I might use this, how, how I might use your services. Sure. So we, uh, we essentially provide a digital therapeutics platform combined with real human coaching and, and therapists as well as devices. So when you sign in, we'll, uh, we might get your claims data or your RX data and understand uh, what conditions you have. We'll onboard you. We'll ask you some health risk assessment questions. And then we pick uh, a different program depending on your condition. So if you have diabetes, hypertension, and hyperlipidemia, your program might be different than if you're pre-diabetic. Uh, and we match you. We give you a choice of coaches to pick from or diabetes educators. If you need therapy, we're, we're giving you actually certified therapists or psychologists. So we cover a range of conditions uh, ranging from pre-diabetes, diabetes, hypertension, hyperlipidemia, COPD, asthma, to behavioral health like depression, anxiety, stress, et cetera. And, uh, and then we have specialized coaching for folks that have, you know, complex comorbidities or maybe autoimmune or other areas that we don't have a, a digital therapeutic for. Um, and we, we really try to work with um, our individuals and meet them where they're at and understand their, their root causes. And we distribute devices to them. We work with them over time to, to, to get outcomes. And so, you know, you'll have like someone like a Jenny who's a mom of three who had a diet, uh, who was a person with diabetes, hypertension, and hyperlipidemia, and uh, she lost 80 pounds and went off all her meds. Um, you have someone like a Jason who had fatty liver, was pre-diabetic, uh, and really, you know, fundamentally needed to change his life. And so, over time, over a period of nine to 12 months, we worked with him and uh, he lost 60 pounds and he has no more signs of fatty liver or prediabetes. His blood pressure is the best it's ever been and his doctors have cut his medication. So, uh, you know, we work with a variety of different individuals and uh, assess where their starting point is and really help them achieve outcomes. When you're, when you're working with the patients, how is it is it really just a question of ha- having them have breakthroughs in terms of changing their lifestyle? Is that the is that the is that the primary coaching that they're getting? Or are they getting coaching around an understanding of what their health conditions could mean in terms of lo- life 
longevity? What are the what's the impetus for getting people to change? It's all of the above. I mean, it might people are all different, right? Some people want to uh, live longer. Others want to be around for their grandkids, or they have a specific uh, like you know we we just had a an individual who wanted to. Uh, stop sleeping with a CPAP machine, which we took, we, we solved, or we have a person who wants to stop smoking, or someone wants to become a, a boxer again and, and get fit again. Or, you know, it really, you see a wide range of goals, and you really have to start with what their objective is. They may have a condition like diabetes, but their goal may be something else, like to get fit or uh, to feel better, you know, and you have to, we have to really focus in on what is driving the debate, uh, what will make them successful and feel better. So, in, you know, in terms of the, of the people that, um, I mean, I saw some of the videos, so a lot of this I'm, I'm gathering is one-on-one -on -one interaction using, using a video connection, right? Through your phone or your PC or however you, well, let's just, let's just face it, it's probably by the phone or, or a mobile device. Um, so there's a health, a, a, a human being on the other side. That's that's a health coach. Are these people people that you're recruiting specifically to be at Vita Health? Are they people that are have their own sort of health coaching business, and this is a way that the way that they're sort of distributing what they do? How's that relationship with your network of coaches work? Yes, we have a, a curated network of uh, coaches, nurses, doctors, therapists. Uh, diabetes educators, cardiologists. I mean, it's, it's a wide range and we, um, we onboard them and tr we do training. Uh, we, uh, we really segment the network depending on which conditions they focus on and expertise they have. And then we use an algorithm in our app to match people to a choice and they pick from that, which, uh, and we use a, a variety of different factors to figure out the right match between an individual and, and offering them a choice of coaches or therapists that meet their needs. And all these, uh, everyone is certified and trained. They typically have a minimum of, of five years or more experience uh, in their various areas. They typically have a master's degree. So it's a, it's a high quality network and um, we have very specific requirements to, to, to manage outcomes and, uh, and to help the population that we're managing. And so are they working exclusively with you or are they working separately, generally speaking, just out of curiosity? Most of them are full-time. Most of them are full-time with us. There might be some experts that we have. We bring on the network Okay. Uh, and then we eventually convert them. So I'm, I'm imagining that as you started the company, there were a couple of different ways that you, you could have approached this, right? I know that we've, we've, we've spoken to other companies here that use almost like a group approach where if they want to try to get, for example, diabetes, diabetics to lose weight, they'll enroll them in a class of people and sort of have a group approach to, to, to working through the, the barriers that many people confront when they try to try to lose weight and, and reduce their and reduce their diabetic symptoms and maybe potentially even reverse the diabetes. Um, and it sounds like you've chosen more of a one-on-one -on -one approach. Was there research that led you in that direction or what was it that, 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 that caused you to, to sort of decide on the therapeutic approach that the company is using? Uh, we actually have both. So we offer, uh, we have groups. Uh, we, we also offer on-site for our employers. We have on-site coaching and therapy. So uh, it really it really depends on the individual. Some individuals like being in a group and some people even like to meet on campus and 
uh, be part of a, a, a group that weeks that meets weekly. Others much more private. Uh, we've we've been able to enroll a lot more men. Um, you know, typically you see like Weight Watchers and other sort of um, historical programs in this space are mostly women. Uh, but I think the privacy of the one-on-one connection at your convenience on your mobile phone, the simplicity of it, we've enrolled um, a lot more men than typically have participated in, in kind of Weight Watchers or pre-diabetes type programs. So we really offer the choice to the individual and what works for them. And are you primarily dis- distributing through, you know, relationships with employer groups and health plans that's the approach is it can i go on the website today and just sign up and as an individual and pay pay a fee for the services you can we we predominantly focus on employers and payers uh and you can also you can you can pay directly on the, and you can go to the app store both uh google and apple have uh, in the app stores have our app so tell us how you feel you're differentiating yourself you've got to go into a, an employer and actually you know present this as an opera as a model you know, I, I um, sort of came up with the disease management model, and there was a lot of questions as to whether that was going to be effective. Eventually, it was something that people concluded wasn't really that effective, uh, frankly, and um, some of that came out of the work that CMS did to study it. Um, but when you're sitting across from an employer and you're talking about how you might differ, how you how what you're doing is different, um, what are the things that resonate with your customers? Well, so I think if you look, you mentioned disease management and CMS, which is a, uh, if you look historically, I don't think disease, the way disease management happened was effective. So you you typically had phone banks or nurse phone banks at large carriers calling people at home at seven o'clock at night while they're having dinner with their family. And there wasn't a continuous care or data-driven model. And so what you've seen in the last five years is a lot of venture capital going into individual vertical solutions, whether it be pre-diabetes, diabetes, or sleep, or uh, behavioral health, et cetera. And those solutions are all uh, very data-driven, and they're it, it, it very much, I think, the digital therapeutic market is evolving, and that is working. And so CMS, for example, is now reimbursing for for these kinds of things. So they're reimbursing for DPP, they're reimbursing for CCM, chronic care management. So I think you're seeing a whole new generation of companies emerge, us included, that are providing the combination of digital therapeutics plus the human plus the devices with continuous care and real data and real outcomes, which is very different than the history of disease management. And I, you know, you're, the, the report suggests that the digital therapeutic market will be a $10 billion market by 2025 and you're seeing a lot of success across these companies. And so when we go into an employer, they're all looking for solutions to meet people where they're at, to offer text, audio, and video, to offer device connection, to offer digital therapeutics at the person's selection on their own time when it's convenient so there's no access issues or they don't have to drive to see a therapist or nutritionist or uh, any you know go to a diabetes edu- uh, diabetes class at their local hospital they want to make it as simple as possible and they and they want to reverse trend for their most expensive employees uh, and they don't want to have 20 different solutions that do this and so uh, I think that they they don't necessarily compare all these new solutions to the history of disease management. They look at these as new innovations uh, that can help people manage conditions. And generally, are you? Do you feel you're replacing a program they already have, or are you? Or, or is this a first time for the company in terms of doing the style and and the scope of the chronic care management that you're able to offer? Uh, it's a mix. I mean, sometimes. 
will replace uh, different wellness and coaching solutions that have been out on the market, like WebMD or WebBrick or um, you know, uh, like health, health ways and other historic healthy roads, historical kind of coaching solutions. Other times they'll want a specific behavioral health or diabetes solution. And, you know, those are all pretty new in the market. Uh, and so, or they'll want a combination of those things. So how is the business doing? How old is the company? When did, what was the founding date? Well, we, 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 uh, we launched to the commercial market in 2015. Okay. Uh, and we're scaling and, uh, we've got lots of, uh, employer and payer customers and, uh, you know, getting really good outcomes. So we're seeing a 7% weight loss at six months, which is one of the better, uh, DPP slash, you know, diabetes solutions. We're seeing a reduction of A1C of a point or more, uh, very good outcomes in depression and anxiety. So 64% reduction in THQ and some, uh, 54% reduction in GAD, which is the anxiety score, uh, our published results around hypertension are very strong. So 75% of participants have reversed at least one stage of hypertension. Uh, so very, very strong outcomes. And are you, and you're, and you're working your way through the annual sales cycle in healthcare, right? Cause I'm, I'm imagining a lot of your business <laughs> is coming on January one, right? Well, we don't, yeah, we don't, yes, that is always the case in some ways, but we don't have to launch with open enrollment. So, um, we're, we're a little bit untied from that. Right, right. <laughs> Do you think, do you find your sales are lining up that way generally anyway, or are you able to sort of spread it out over the year? Uh, we're, we're spreading it out. We launched, we launched different customers at all different times. We're, you know, we have launches across uh, throughout the year. We have launches in Q4, Q1, you know, the summer. I mean, there are some pockets of time, like generally August and December where it's slow, but the rest of the time is, you know, pretty open. So with a little bit of time left, give, give, you know, I always like to, I, I, you know, with the background entrepreneur, then sort of a building entrepreneurial solutions inside of companies, PayPal background, then coming back into the market to start a company. Um, a lot of the entrepreneurs, uh, that listen, um, like to learn from sort of the experience of those that have gotten there. What, in terms of moving back and starting a business, um, can you give me a sense of give the audience what do you think are the are, are the biggest challenges that you have and and what kind of advice would you give an entrepreneur? Uh, well, so I think it, I think this is an exciting time to be an entrepreneur in the market, both both in healthcare and in tech, because there's there's just so much capital, uh, both early stage and late stage capital, and. There's so many new technology and solution, whether it's, you know, just a simple cloud and mobile, but there's AI and blockchain. I mean, there's just so much opportunity and you're essentially going to see every industry transformed by AI and machine learning uh, and these things that are, uh, you know, perceived as um Risky and early stage now within 10 years are going to be taken for granted. You know, we're going to see, for example, in healthcare, I think we're going to see everyone have a connected healthcare relationship with self-monitoring uh, with their data in the cloud, readily accessible, uh, interoperable data. So I think there's a lot of big barriers in healthcare, but they will all be resolved in the next decade or so. And we'll look back and be surprised that we even 
stood up or you know lived with all this <laughs> this historical uh, interop lack of interoperability and lack of transparency. So I think it's a great time to get in. Uh, it is it is you have to be patient and you have to have a, you have to have a, a ten year vision and stick to that ten year vision, but then get runs on the board as you progress and be flexible about how you get to that ten year vision and realize that healthcare is uh, is changing uh, and takes time. But it's it's happening. Yeah, healthcare is changing, but it doesn't really isn't really used to changing, right? The way other industries have changed, I guess. Yeah, so. yes, that is true. It is more, but I, I think you're seeing like all the big, all the big tech companies uh, and the big retailers, so and the big insurers basically are all doubling down on innovation in healthcare. Very good. Well, it's good to it's good to talk to you, and get to know you. Can you? Um, are you guys blogging? Or are you? Um... Tweeting. We do. Yeah, um, you yeah, can you go to my. Uh, to I'm, ju I'm just. I'm just. Well, you can go to Vita Health, uh, www.vita.com, and then uh, Vita on in Twitter, and then my personal Twitter is just S Telenius, uh, so first initial last name, in Twitter, and we do we we do blog and we do have a following there and uh, lots of stuff on our website. So. Thank you again for hosting. I really enjoyed the conversation. I appreciate you taking the time. Awesome talking to you. Um, and I'm, I'm glad you spent time with us. I really appreciate it. All right. Well, that is a wrap. It's great to have Steve Krupa back in the big chair conducting these interviews. Steve Krupa will also be at the Digital Healthcare Innovation Summit in Boston on October 11th. You should be there too. Use our B Health code again. We really do appreciate your support of the podcast. Type in Be Health when you register. If you haven't already registered, type in Be Health and you will save $400 off the registration fee. That is our thank you to you for being a loyal listener of the Breaking Health podcast. Please go to dhis.net if you haven't done so already to check out the agenda and uh, we'd love to see you there. Finally, don't forget to subscribe to the Breaking Health podcast. Please do tell your friends about the Breaking Health podcast. It's been uh, a lot of fun doing this. We're going to continue to do it and we have some great news coming up on the podcast front. So do stay tuned. Once again, go to dhis.net, check out the agenda, and join us on October 11th. We would love to see you in Boston.